And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you, everyone, tuning in from Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, Uvalde, and right here in good old San Antonio. We're very thankful you've decided to spend um, this time joining us and getting caught up on all things Catholic uh, here in the South and Central Texas uh, listening area. Joining me today, of course, is my wonderful co-host, Alexandra Kubabatu, a.k.a. Alex K. Hello, folks. Great to see you, my friends. And today on this program, Sean and I try to bring you various and informative discussions highlighting different people ministries and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. And today we'll be speaking with Father Ed Hoff, parochial vicar at St. Mary Catholic Church in downtown San Antonio. And he'll be on to discuss spiritual warfare and educate us as to what we can do to protect ourselves and our families for the tactics of the evil one. Now, that sounds very interesting, actually, Alex, uh, as we were, you know, setting this interview up uh, for today. Uh, it seems like there's, you know, there, there's a, a lot of interest uh, and of course, the yes. you know the, the spiritual you know warfare and um, the the fight against the evil one and his demons. Uh, I'm really excited about you know getting the conversation that uh, going on today. Me too. You, you know, so uh, so of course, you know, before we begin, uh, I think we should begin in prayer as uh, like we should do in all things. So uh, wherever you might be, place your concerns and desires uh, in the hands of our Lord and pray for the grace to trust and accomplish his will uh, for you. Uh, meditate on these words and pray along with me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, make me a channel of thy peace that where there is hatred, I may bring love, that where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness, that where there is discord, I may bring harmony and that where there is error, I may bring truth, that where there is doubt, I may bring faith, that where there is despair, I may bring hope. And where there are shadows, I may bring light. And where there is sadness, I may bring joy. Lord, grant that I may not uh, so much seek to be comforted as to comfort, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds, it is by forgiving that one is forgiven. It is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. Amen. St. Lawrence of Saponto. Pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, of course, uh, a lot to catch up on. Yep. Had a, you know, quite a bit going on uh, this weekend. Uh, this weekend, we were uh, back at it with the car raffle uh, sale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we actually had a couple of, uh, you know, volunteers helping us uh, with car raffle uh, parish sales at uh, other parishes um, and such. But Mario and I, we happened to be at, uh, you know, Our Lady of the Atonement Catholic mm -hmm. Church, uh, which was super exciting. So uh, I'm going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But yes, as a reminder for everyone tuning in, um, you know, ticket sales for the GR and car raffle is actually about to come to a close. We're 
just at two weeks now mm-hmm. uh, until ticket sales come to a close. Uh, as a reminder, tickets are just $25 each, or you buy five tickets for 100 bucks. All this not to just give you an opportunity to win a very, very nice vehicle, you know, this Mercedes-Benz yes, GLA 250. <laughs> but, you know, on a, on a grander scale, you allow us the opportunity to continue our mission. And that mission, of course, is to proclaim the holy name of Jesus and the teachings of his church through the powerful medium of radio. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful mission. And anyone who's, um, been impacted by it, if, if you've come to, you know, if you've come back to the sacraments, if you come back to the church, uh, if, you know, you feel like there's been a growth, uh, you know, in your marriage because of Catholic radio, then it, this is exactly why this network was, uh, you know, created. And by your, uh, generosity, you allow us to help, you know, continue that mission. I do want to give a huge thank you, though, uh, to Father Mark Lewis, uh, Father John Jenkins uh, out at, you know, Our Lady of the Atonement Catholic Church uh, over there on Red Robin, uh, just off, uh, you know, just past Babcock. Um, and what a beautiful parish it is. If you haven't had it a is. chance to get over there, I would encourage you uh, to visit that parish. But, you know, the the generosity, the charity that they, you know, that they basically share with us and show us when we come out there. It's just awesome. You know, we, we love coming out there and visiting with the, the parishioners. We have a lot of great supporters out from that parish. Uh, there's a lot of parishioners there also that are involved in um, ministry work and, you know, uh, apostolate work also. Uh, and of course, you know, when you attend mass there, it, it is different. You know, they, they use, uh, the Anglican use, um, mm-hmm. you know, of, of the mass. You know, it's an authorized, uh, you know, use of, of the liturgy, Anglican, uh, you know, liturgy. Uh, and the style is very reverent, very, um, you know, it's, it's just beautiful. Okay. So yes, if you is. would like there. to, yeah, if you'd like to visit out there sometime, again, it's not that far away from, um, you know, any place here in San Antonio. I mean, you're, I think anywhere in San Antonio is about 20 or 25 minutes away. Yeah. yeah so, you know, they are located over there on a uh, red Robin, but, uh, for, for more information, uh, on the parish, uh, and maybe their mass times, if you'd like to go visit, you know, you can visit their website at our lady of the atonement.org. O-R-G. And again, uh, another thank you to Miss Erica Lizama out there. Um, you know, she is the parish administrator and she's the one who helped coordinate the effort uh, in getting us out there. Awesome. And also, I want to mention that we have not one, but two men's conferences coming up. Um, the first will be the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men, which will be held February 19th. From 7.30 in the morning to 4.30 p.m. at San Jose Catholic Church in Austin. Chris Stefanik will be the headlining, uh, the headliner there and a wonderful list of other speakers. Now, to register for more information, you can go to centexcatholic.org. And uh, the following week, February 26th, will be the Pilgrim Center of Hope's Catholic Men's Conference. And this will be on Saturday, February 26th at St. Matthew Catholic Church. And the doors will open at 8 a.m. with um, Bishop Janik, Auxiliary Bishop of San Antonio, will be speaking along with Mark Hawk of the King's Men. And um, the Holy Spirit Catholic Church Altar Society is hosting the God Bless America Luncheon and Style Show. And there will also be a raffle that takes place. Now, this fun event happens on February 21st from 1045 a.m. to 130 p.m. And you can purchase your tickets um, or your raffle tickets. Um, call Alice uh, To purchase them, call Alice Reyes at 210-287-2677. Amen. And, of course, uh, just to, um, you know, 
remind everybody regarding the local uh, men's conference uh, that is going to take place, of course, at St. Matthew's Athletic Center. Uh, for registration information uh, for that event, you can go to the you know cmcsanantonio.com website. Um, so, and lastly, I, I do want to ask all our listeners, uh, if you would, you know, please pray for the repose of the soul of Miss Emily March. Uh, Emily was a longtime parishioner at Holy Spirit Catholic Church. Uh, she served in multiple capacities at the parish and will be greatly missed. So please remember her at Mass uh, today um, in, in your rosary. And please entrust her uh, to the loving and merciful arms of our Lord. Um, so again, thank you so much uh, for your prayers. Um, again, we will offer up our uh, you know Divine Mercy Chaplet um, in her memory also, and we will be praying for the repose of her soul uh, and, of course, for the consolation of her family. Um, so with that, again, because this topic that we're going to be talking about uh, here momentarily, Alex, is so exciting, I want to go ahead and bring on uh, yes. Father Ed. So without further um, you know further ado or further delay let's uh, bring on father Ed Hoff and welcome back to the program father Ed how are you today I'm doing just fine thank you you know when uh, we spoke uh, of course you know you and I had this this discussion and it's a topic that's always been fascinating uh, to me and that's of course the topic of um, you know spiritual warfare you mm-hmm. know and, and I know it's a topic that you're very well versed on uh, and if you would you know if you can just introduce our listeners, you know, those tuning in for, you know, for the first time, uh, maybe those who aren't so familiar with your ministry work and what you do. Can you introduce uh, yourself to our listeners uh, and this ministry that you're part of, which is to help fight against, you know, evil? Yeah, I've been doing that for pretty close to 40 years at this point, but they've grown immensely just in the last uh, couple of years in doing this ministry. Um, I'm an oblate of Mary Immaculate, so I've been stationed in different places around the country. And one place where I was stationed uh, a number of years ago was uh, I was stationed with a young priest who was really into this in a very deep way. He uh, had a partner that worked with him who had been very high up in the satanic church. And then as she Mm. uh, was able to help him, she could actually see the demons. And so I know very often when I was uh, in the chapel there and we were saying mass for our prayer group which is about 300 people i would we would be praying over somebody and i would just not nothing was working you know so i'd go over to here and i say what am i looking at over there she said oh you got a spirit of this 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 and this do this this and this and i would do it and boom the person would just be set free and fall over on the floor and just relax and you know be wow blessed in the spirit so, beginning with then, you know, I had a great interest in doing this, and uh, of course, here in San Antonio, there's a great need for it. To be honest with you, so I, I uh, have been involved in this ministry, especially since I've been here for the last 12 years, but uh, in different places where I've been, and it's a really important ministry. I think only because there is such incredible spiritual warfare going on in our culture right now, more than it's ever been. Satan is always busy at work in us. There's no question, you know, and everywhere. But now lately, he's not hiding anymore. He's just out in the open. Right. And everything, for the most part, on you hear uh, on the media, not all media, but a very large part of it is all deception. It's all lies. And all of that is, he's a liar. And he's the father of lies, you know, Scripture calls him. So we have to be careful in, in trying to understand um, how he operates and where he operates and so that we can avoid it. 
But sometimes we can't, only because it's generational. You know, one of our ancestors was into it, and then that passes down to the generational bloodline. Same as physical things pass down, so do spiritual yes. things. So you mentioned you were spiritual warfare before. There's always this battle going on between good and evil, or between God and Satan. Satan hates God. Interesting reason why. Satan was so proud and so arrogant that when he found out that he was going to have to be subservient to a human, because the Son of God was going to take on human flesh, and also would have as his queen a human mother, namely Our Lady, he would not have anything to do with it. And so that's when he started mm. to begin to attack um, God's children and to try to lead them away. Not because he wants so many people in hell, because he's, he's lonely down there. <laughs> right. But because he wants to use those individuals to get even with Jesus for dying on the cross and saving their souls. So he's mm -hmm. constantly at work in all of our lives in one form or another. We just have to recognize, you know, how, how he gets in and how we deal with him. Yeah. So uh, I think for those listeners that are newly initiated to this concept of spiritual warfare, um, sometimes we tend to think that spiritual warfare is something that happens outside of us. But the battleground is really in the hearts of men and women. Is that, and in the mind, is, is that what, is that accurate, Father? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Satan will get in whatever way he can get in. <clears throat> I always tell people there's an old saying in um, physics that nature abhors a vacuum. Mm. You may have heard that in the past. So when you open your can of coffee, the moment you turn the little thing to yes. start the thing, what do you get? You know, and that's the air rushing into that little slot because there's vacuum inside of there. Yeah. And Satan operates just exactly like that. Mm. He will come in any door that's opened, and we have to learn, you know, kind of what those doors are. Um, basically, just in a very general sort of way, whatever we violate the commandments, God gave us the commandments to be a GPS to get us to heaven. I often tell people, supposing you want to go from oh, San Antonio to Dallas, and so your GPS says, in 300 feet, turn right <laughs> on 35 north. <laughs> and you say, you're not telling me what to do and you turn left and go to <laughs> Dallas by way of Seattle. It's rather stupid. It's dumb. It's going to be very expensive. It's going to take you a long time. You may never get there. Right. But we do that all the time. Every time we violate a commandment, we're basically saying, I'll do it my way. You know, but God gave us this GPS, and the commandments are not that hard. You know, if, you, if you're into doing it with a loving heart, it's joyful. Sure. So when we don't do that, that's when God... Yes. Uh, slide because Satan's going to take us over. Amen. And uh, that's the music, folks. So uh, when we come back, we're going to con you know, continue to carry on this conversation that just began with Father Ed Hoff, parochial vicar at St. Mary Catholic Church here in downtown San Antonio. We'll be right back. Hey, folks. Sean here. I need to tell you, the GRN Car Raffle is in full swing. Your chance to win a Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 is right now. Car Raffle tickets are only $25 each or five tickets for $100. Don't miss out. Cruise into the new year in style. To purchase your raffle tickets, call 
579-9844 or go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Three years ago, we became grandparents and it's just as wonderful as everyone told us it would be. We are blessed to have the love of five grandchildren and we look forward to many more. Grandparents are a blessing to children because they have a different perspective on life in general. We can usually see the problems that toddlers or teenagers have with different eyes than their parents. We have more time to pray for them and more time to serve. Our very lives dedicated to God and to our vocation is a witness to the joy of living the gospel. But what is the role of a grandparent in the life of a grandchild? The best thing a grandparent can do is boldly love. Love your grandchildren deeply, and by doing so, you will be an image of God's love for them. Love your adult children by supporting them, even if they choose to raise their children differently than you raise them. Parents are the most powerful influence in the life of a child, and you, as a grandparent, need to build up that relationship between your child and your grandchild. For more inspiration and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men are putting on their 10th annual Catholic Men's Conference Saturday, February 19th at San Jose Catholic Church in Austin. There are three amazing speakers that will move and inspire you to reach new levels in your faith. Chris Stefanik, Dr. Anzo Augustin, and Kevin Cotter. To register for this amazing conference, visit CentexCatholic.com. That's C-E-N-T-E-X Catholic.com. And we are back, folks. Again, if you're just tuning in, this is the live and local program for South and Central uh, Texas, uh, the GRN. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Rice. This is In His Vineyard. We're having a wonderful discussion uh, with Father Ed Hoff, parochial vicar of St. Mary Catholic Church here in downtown San Antonio. And before we went to break, uh, Father Ed was talking about how, you know, this constant battle between good and evil you know there's there's always the the battle between god uh and and the evil one and of course we get caught up in that battle because of sin you, you know uh so but you know one thing you know you painted such a wonderful image um you know for us all father when you made the description about uh the the vacuum the air rushing into the you know open can uh how do we as as individuals how do we allow, I know you said sin, through sin, we allow the evil to, to come into us, but can you elaborate even more so how we as people through uh, maybe habits that we're, uh, we're unaware of, maybe certain practices that we do, how do we invite evil and the demonic into our lives? I think very often it can happen without us even intending to do it. Sure. You're very good people. But there's a number of ways that can happen. Um, one of the ways, that, uh, something you just mentioned, is that when we, in one form or another, violate God's commandments, and it cannot even be that we want to sin, it's just that we're not aware that that's what we're doing because we haven't been instructed, well, and we don't know. But Satan doesn't care. He'll come in whenever there's an opening. And um, as uh, we were talking earlier, uh, Alexander, what we mentioned, you know, that that can happen even when we don't intend it to happen. For example, uh, one of my... Uh, programs on the TV, that uh, program that I have, which is on spiritual warfare, is um, uh, demons can get into you as early as one minute in the womb when you're coming there for a number of reasons. For example, if a child is not wanted, 
um, somebody gets pregnant and they didn't mean yes. to, or they don't want to, they're, oh my God, what am I going to do now? That soul yeah. in there, because the soul is completely full, you know, the soul is fully adult, it's not uh, an infant. Uh, and that soul picks up that rejection on an emotional level, but then it becomes demonic. And the same thing can happen with somebody, well, I'm not going to have an abortion, I'll have the baby, but then give it up for adoption since I'm not ready to be a mother at this point. And then the baby picks up a spirit of abandonment oh, on top yes. of that because there's bonding already in that baby for eight months, you know. Mm -hmm. So those are just a couple of ways it can happen. But it can also happen in, in lots of other ways as well. It can happen through abuse, verbal abuse. Trauma. Trauma of any kind. Uh, and most likely with you know, children it could be physical abuse where they are physically abused in one form or another. Or it can be verbal abuse, emotional mm -hmm. abuse sexual abuse, mm -hmm. religious abuse. All of those things can happen, you know. And so that child is going to pick that up. And so they're going to have to deal with those demons until somebody realizes what's going on and be able to get them, help them to get rid of that. Right, Father. You mentioned verbal abuse. Mm -hmm. When there is um, curse words in a family that is very, very, very common. You know, a lot of times curse words in the family is like, you know, eating butter. I mean, it's like nothing, right? Well, it depends on what kind of curses you're meaning. And, and okay. Because sometimes you, people would just use that to mean bad language. You know, I just used a, yes. a, a not a good yes. term. That's not a curse. Okay. That's bad language. A curse is when you actually want harm to come upon a person. Okay. But sometimes it can be innocent, but it'll still happen. You know, like, you'll never grow up to work anything. You're so darn lazy, you'll, you'll never amount to anything. Right person takes that in yes. and begins to say it, now they've cursed themselves. And they've been cursed by the person who told them that. And the same thing can happen with when we, for example, don't like how we're looking, or we don't like how we feel. Self-talk. Yeah, so I, we self-curse ah. by doing a lot of things. I'll never amount to anything, you know. Oh, story of my life, I'll never get ahead. You know, all, all those are curses. Oh. We have a whole list of those kinds of things that we do in the ministry of getting people broken from infiltration of evil spirits to go through those lists and say, you know, and then they have to reject and renounce any of those curses that they've actually said or meant to get mm -hmm. them out so that we can get, clean that out so that the Holy Spirit can come in and tell them the truth. You're God's beloved son or daughter. You know, you're, God, you're, you're infinite already because... God's had you in his mind as long as he existed. Right. You are, you know, if you, were, if you were created at all, God had an infinite number of possible beings he could have created, but you're the one he picked on that particular situation. Mm -hmm. So all of those are positive things, but nobody ever tells us that. So we then we get into self-curses. Uh, and Sean, you mentioned a little while ago that sin is one of the ways that um, we get, because once you're into sin, you've opened the door. Once Satan comes into your life because you've opened the doorway to him through the violation of any of God's commandments, he then has a legal right to be in you in the courts of heaven. And once he has a legal right to be in you, then he has a legal right to make you sick and to kill you wow. physically mm. on all different levels. And there was such a thing as the courts of heaven. There's some wonderful books out there by Robert Henderson. He's not a Catholic author, but he's very solid where he explains all of this, and it's very clear. And, for example, if you can picture a heaven as a courtroom and either Jesus or God the Father sitting there as the judge, and you have the prosecuting attorney, who is Satan, because in 
Revelations chapter 3, he says, it, it says, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Mm-hmm. So who accuses you in a courtroom? Prosecuting attorney. But then you have your attorney, who's the Holy Spirit. There's a reason why we call him paraclete, because in, in mm-hmm. Greek, the word paraclete means your mouthpiece or one who speaks on your behalf, or your lawyer. So he will say, Satan will say, uh, this person committed this into this into this and I have a right to be in them. And Satan, uh, I mean, the Holy Spirit will say, yes, but that person confessed those sins, Father, in the sacrament and your son's passion and death has wiped away those sins and the father bangs the gavel and says, case dismissed. Mm. So you have this situation where we give Satan legal rights whenever we sin in any form or even the things that we say we're not thinking. Right. What I'm finding in our ministry most is, yes, some people will do that. Everybody does it one now and again. They may not be terribly deep demons, but there's ways of getting those out quickly. But what we're finding, <clears throat> excuse me, more and more is that there is what we call generational curses that come down through a person's life. And those are things that people are very much into but don't realize it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For example, if you had an ancestor who was into the occult or an ancestor who was into the Freemasons, or any of those things which are terribly demonic organizations, then that will pass from the ancestors down generationally. Scripture says on at least three different occasions, the sins of the fathers are visited on the children down to the third and fourth generation. So we have to go at, so we have this, when I, people come to me for healing and I engage my team in helping this person to get healed, we do a very thorough intake as to all of this mm-hmm. stuff. Do you have any parental or grandparental people involved in, like say, like, like the Masons, or are they involved as, uh, in the occult? Yes. And here in San Antonio, especially, we see, you know, oh yeah, my grandmother was a curandero, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, they consider them to be good witches, you know. Sure. But it's still witchcraft. Right. Yes. Which is yes. certainly a violation of, of God's commandments, and it's terribly demonic. And so these young, even as young kids, their parents will have somebody come in and pray over them. You know, the, they do the egg rubbing and yes. they do the yeah. pendulum yeah. sometimes. They do the uh, a thing that comes out of uh, Native American culture, which is smudging. So they'll burn oh, yes. things like uh, um, leaves or something right. in the house to clean out the demons. No, it's just bringing more demons in every time you do right. that. So we have to deal with all of that in the ministry to find out all of that information? Or have they been involved in the occult, the person themselves that they were working with? And that can happen in a lot of ways. I have a eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, five, very fine, small print, both sides. You know? wow. All the different ways, the things that you can get involved in in the occult. And that's very relatively common here, especially in, our, in San Antonio. Because a lot of it comes out of a culture such as Hispanic culture, which... I love the Hispanic people, so it has nothing to do with that, but it's, it's where there's been stuff generationally yes. that they consider it is perfectly normal because it's been part of their life since the beginning and the church hasn't taught them anything different or they didn't listen when the church taught them. And so you have people you know, who've had this in their ancestry, which is witchcraft going on in the ancestry. Or the kids themselves will play with Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they'll play with um, you know, any one of those kinds of things. Uh, today, the, one of the common ones is the poor man's Ouija board called Charlie Charlie, in mm-hmm. which uh, they have a piece of paper, they draw a cross on it, and then they just have in the four corners, you know, yes, no, no, yes, or whatever. They put two pencils down, one on top of the other in the form of a cross, mm-hmm. like, you know, and then they'll ask 
the question and the pencil will spin and say yes or no. It's just so fascinating yeah. that, you know, things that... But that's demonic. Right. So right. things that people feel like are just kind of innocent and gamey and, you know, yeah. um, you know, not hurtful. It's, <clears throat> but these are ways that people obviously and evidently um, can allow themselves to, to, to be infiltrated, Absolutely. so to speak. And, you know, you mentioned the whole the, the Ouija board uh, deal. I was just pointing out to my wife the other day, I think on two occasions I saw a commercial. You know, I, I saw a commercial. Uh, it was regarding, you know, some, some service or, or whatever. I saw uh, that. Yes. And there was a Ouija mm-hmm. board yep. that they just, you know, Mm-hmm. blatantly and openly and ma- they make it they treat it yeah. like it's it's no big deal well, it was, but it was sold in toy stores uh-huh. yeah toys rushes to carry them it's just like a game you know you yeah can, no it's, no <laughs> it's really all of those things move because of the demons you know wow. they're working behind it and the same thing is too with the charlie charlie or kids play a thing called light as a feather you know where you have a person mm-hmm. straddle across two chairs and then you can pick them up with one finger you know it's actually more scientific than it, but the demons come in when you start to do that stuff. And there's all kinds of things that we have on our lists, things I've never even heard of that are on that list. You I know, haven't. with such a vast, you know, uh, again, you know, this is such a vast topic, okay? How would one know if they're being affected personally by, by, by the demonic? Well, they oftentimes don't, and that's part of, you know, Satan... You, what's God's name in Scripture? I am. Mm-hmm. And Satan says, I am not. Mm. So he hides himself. But he's very out of and very much working there. But he lays low so they don't know what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So the point of all of this is that you have a person getting involved in this and they just think it's perfectly normal. But then things start to go bad in their life. Or some yeah. other relative who's into the knows the truth. So, you know, you've been doing this kind of stuff. You need to see somebody get cleaned out of that. So then maybe they'll pick that thing up and, and they'll come. And that's, so then we have to do the, the when we do an intake. To do, yes, now, yes. Let me explain something what's, uh, here. Most people, for the most part, except on rare occasions, do not need to have an exorcism. That's when a demon has completely taken you over and you have no freedom left at all. okay. Okay. There's three levels of demonic interference in our life. The first is oppression, the lowest one. That's the same as temptation. Satan okay. will tempt you mm-hmm. to commit sin and pull you in this direction or whatever. Obsession is the second level. That is where you've given into the sin long enough that now it's a habit. So you have a habit of, um, like you have an alcohol drug yes. problem or you have a drug problem. And you have to go and get to places that help you get rid of that, like going through, you know, the... Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or whatever. But you also have um, in situations like that where that that uh, oppression becomes very strong and they can't break it no mm-hmm. matter how hard they've tried. That's an indication that you are really totally obsessed. Part of your personality has been taken over. Mm. Not the whole of you, just a part of you. Mm. You no longer have freedom in that area. Sure. So that's why they go to <clears throat> you know just groups like AA and GA and NA and all these different groups. Right. And, all, and, all. Yeah. They, and they're very helpful and they're wonderful. But once you get to that level, you are the next step after this full possession where your whole personality has been taken over. Now you're not free at all. That's mm-hmm. when you need an exorcism. We need 
heavy, heavy, heavy prayer. And sometimes an exorcism can go on for two, three, four, five years. Yeah, and that's not the same. An exorcism is not the same as a deliverance. No, and that's what we, what I'm doing almost exclusively. I don't do exorcisms. Um, I could if the archbishop said, you know, mm-hmm. please do this one for me and give me permission. Because yeah. that's but if, but if you're not under that authority, right? Satan will destroy you. Yeah, the you. authority. Yes. I, I love. The um, yeah. Yes. You know, I really just love, like you said earlier and, and minutes ago, how of course nothing happens without God's authority. You, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and how even the the demons, there's a they are under the authority, uh, of course, of of of, of God and, and and what have you, but nothing can be allowed unless you allow it. So at the end of the day, it's us who welcome... Well, people will often say, why doesn't God just get rid of Satan once and nobody will have this problem? Right. And the answer is because God honors our free will. Amen. Yeah. And he can't take that away. So he, yeah. this is a test. You know, yes. the, the demonic stuff becomes a test of whether we're going to follow God or we're going to follow Satan. And we have that choice, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, a lot of people don't have the choice because they've been inundated with it since they were little kids and they don't know any better. It's a cultural thing. So one of the things we had talked about earlier um, was that we have to look into a person's background and see where their ancestry has been. And the best we can pull that, we have all kinds of questions yes. that they can answer, very long, something like two to three hours just to do the intake, you know. And... Uh, once we know what we're dealing with, then we'll go and pray about it mm-hmm. and put together a program to undo all of that. And mm. that's what we do in my office. And so we do those, those programs uh, off sometimes once a week or uh, whatever. Because yes. that can take four to six to eight hours of, you know, continuous to just work on getting that rid of that. But it's usually very fruitful and it works mm-hmm. because we have the authority. And I know I begin any session that I'm doing uh, at this with a prayer of taking authority over the room over everybody in the room, over the property, mm-hmm. yeah. over the person coming in, and they have to surrender there. To me, they won't say, actually, uh, there's a thing that they have to say, I give you full permission during this prayer session, you have full authority over me. Wow. And if they don't give me that, then Satan can block it. Right. But once they give me that, uh, they're free will, then I can take that over. Yes. And we can go from there. So if we do deliverance, then they will never need an exorcism. So it's better to mm. clean out. And we, most people are not in need of exorcism, but they are in need of deliverance. And sometimes it will even manifest. They've been involved in the occult to the point where they'll, they'll make weird noises or have weird looks on their face. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll do all kinds of strange things. Uh, if people come in my office and do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Satan's trying to scare me away. And try to keeping them from going into it. You know, if I yeah. can throw up enough smoke, smoke in your <laughs> face, you know, you get away. Yes. It, Satan is beginning to learn. It doesn't bother me one bit. I yes. just have to stole on. That gives me all the authority that Jesus has. And Amen. don't mess with me, Satan, because I'll nail you to the wall. You know. So, <laughs> yeah. And he knows that. So yes. we just we just keep working until we get it cleaned up. Wow. And of course, uh, you know that music means we're going to a break. Having a great discussion here on in His Vineyard. Thank you for tuning in. Keep it right there. We will be right back. Uh, right back after this short break. At some point, if we could mention the TV show that I thought we So you're driving to work while listening to Catholic Drive Time. But you're not just driving any car. 
You're driving a midnight black 2022 GLA 250. Make 2022 your year by supporting the GRN and possibly winning a GLA 250 by going to grnonline.com and buying five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. Raffle ends February 21st and you must be 18 or older to participate. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the church criticized for defending celibacy? What about for defending marriage? Have you ever heard it accused of showing contempt for women, but also sneered at because only women go there? Have you ever heard it attacked for asceticism, but also for extravagance? How about for being dull? How about for being too garish? How about for being too worldly? or too unworldly, or insisting that people confess their sins, or showing too much mercy to sinners. Notice any contradiction among the critics? G.K. Chesterton says, here's a broad and simple test. If you hear a thing being accused of being too tall and too short, too red and too green, too bad in one way, and too bad also in the opposite way, then you may be sure that it is very good. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Men, where are you spiritually? Now is a time to level up. At the Catholic Men's Conference, both in-person and virtual. Your choice. Happening February 26th. Hear powerful in-person speakers, including Bishop Gary Yannick. Find renewal, healing, and strength among men like you. You are not alone in your journey. For details and to register, call 210-521-521. 3377 or go to cmcsanantonio.com. And welcome back, everybody. This is In His Vineyard. I'm your host, Sean Rice, uh, having a great discussion uh, with Father Ed Hoff, parochial vicar at St. Mary Catholic Church in downtown San Antonio. Um, As we were talking earlier, Father, we were talking about authority uh, and, of course, the authority uh, of of God, uh, the Father over everything, uh, the authority that, you know, you exercise uh, in the name of Jesus uh, himself. How can we as lay lay persons, lay people over our families, um, how can we exercise our authority to help protect and defend against uh, the forces of darkness? Very interesting question and a really good question. In fact, I, last two Sundays I brought this into my homily uh, at St. Mary's because it's important for us to remember this. Number one, when we receive the sacrament of baptism, when the Holy Spirit comes into us at that moment, original sin is just the lack of God's life in us. So now the Holy Spirit comes in through the pouring of the water. And when he comes into us, what he does is he configures our soul. And he configures it to Christ. So the main is Christ has three roles. He is priest, Priest, prophet, prophet, and king. At at, at, At baptism, your soul is configured to Christ the priest. So you have the authority as the priest of a new covenant. And this is men, women, everybody. Everybody gets that same authority. So you have the authority to act in God's name. Now, what is what is the work of a priest? To offer sacrifice. Sure. Yes. That's, that's the main work of all of us. We do other things, but mainly the sacrifice of the Mass. So you have the authority to offer anything that you want to God that's appropriate, and it's the offering of a priest of the new covenant, and therefore it is valuable in God's sight and becomes powerful and grace-producing for you. 
once you receive the sacrament of confirmation, which is why this sacrament is so important, your soul is now further configured to Christ the prophet. Mm. Now, prophet simply is one who speaks God's word. We have to remember that when Jesus was prophet because all he ever did, all he ever did when he came on this earth was to tell us everything the Father told him to tell us. Now, but he's, he's not doing anything on his own. He's not making up anything on his own. It's what he, what he knows from the Father. So he's speaking God's word to us, and then he sends the apostles out to do the same thing. Go out into the whole world, proclaim the good news to every creature, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and so on. And then, flying like this will accompany you, will also heal this, lay your hands on the sick and they'll recover, you'll expel the demons, and so on. We're called to do all of that. But we have that power because we are prophets of the Lord, same as Isaiah or any of them. We remember that yesterday's reading mm -hmm. where... Yes. Um, uh, you know, the prophet uh, was afraid he wouldn't be able to do the job until the angel came and purified his tongue, you know. So, we have that role. And then, those of us who receive the sacrament of holy orders, which would be deacons and priests, we have the, the now the configuration of our soul to Christ the King, which is shepherd and prophet. I mean, a shepherd and um, uh, servant. Uh, you know, we are servants of the yes. people of God. We, we work with it. And that's what priests are supposed to do. So, basically, in the whole demonic realm, it's the same thing. Satan has to kowtow to or back off when there's the authority of Jesus. Because anytime Jesus drove a demon out, they knew who he was right away, and they were right. ready to leave. You know, they, right. they knew they were going to get tossed out, and they did. So, you have that authority. So, uh, for example, you both, uh, you know, with your families, you have authority. John is, is the head of the household. To pray over your children, do the same that any priest would do. You have the same prayer. You can't forgive their sins, unfortunately, but, <laughs> or, or say math, but you can do all of the other things. And so the Father has great authority, which is why when I'm preparing couples for marriage, I often tell them how they are to relate to their children, even when their children is in the womb. Mm. And I tell them, it's really, it sounds silly, but it's true. Get your face on that womb and talk to that baby every day, because the baby may be only an inch long, but their soul is in there, and that picks up everything. Amen. And, they, and it and retains, you know. So as you do that, you, as you're blessing your children, as you are praying with your children, as you're doing all that, you are having Christ's authority over them, which is powerful. And of course, as a mother, you would do the same thing. So the bottom line is, you, once you have take on that authority, then you can begin to deal with Satan head on. And don't be afraid of him. Do not fear, Jesus said, I'm with you all days. And he was always with us in that work that we're doing. Amen to that. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you, actually a, a little <clears throat> earlier I was going to ask you, okay, regarding, you know, re regarding some of the things that we invite, I've heard, you know, I've, I've heard some history regarding uh, the, the Masons and mm -hmm. how that can can welcome the, the, the demonic. Oh. Um I've heard about yoga, and of course, you know the the one thing I, I like to consider uh, myself is a student of the faith. You know, I, I like to yeah. continue learning about the, these uh, you know fascinating topics and whatnot. But how do those two you know those two experiences or those two practices? Okay. How did that you know? How is that bad? How is that well, evil? Okay. You know, they're, most well, people would they're, say they're, they're separated sure. from another. So, but the, and the first one. Uh, now, I know people will get upset when I say this because people have had it in their ancestry, their grandfather. But yeah. <clears throat> Masonry is more demonic than Satanism. Mm. It's the most yeah. demonic thing on the face of the earth. Um, P 
people, let me just give you a very quick history. During the Middle Ages, of course, um, you had guilds, which today we would call labor unions. Same idea. Mm -hmm. So these people who worked in the same industries or whatever would get together and they would have relationships with one another, you know, fellowship, friendship, you know, yeah. like the Knights of Columbus. Or something. You, you, you have all people interested in one thing and so they get together, they have socials together and so on. So they did that. So we had the, the stonemasons who did working on the cathedrals and all that stuff, those you know, big things. Well, eventually those cathedrals all got built and the stonemasons didn't have much work anymore because most people were not using stone to build things. So they didn't want to lose that relationship that they had, so they formed it into a more of a social society and invited non-Masons to become part of it mm -hmm. so, wouldn't, so it wouldn't fall apart. All that was well and good. Uh, the idea of it was not bad to begin with. However, in the year 1717 in London, they formed the first, what we would call, lodge of the Masons. <clears throat> and their intention in forming that was, yes, to have an opening so people could come and socialize. Uh, usually more influential people who were part of that would help other people. And the idea at first was very good. But Satan took over mm -hmm. all of it almost mm -hmm. immediately. And what happens with this is because they don't have any religion in the group, it was not a religious group, what they would do, Satan would get in there and they began to formulate in the rules and so on of the organization where they actually were no longer a religion. So they say. But they are in fact are a religion. Mm. They're a secret society. Um, they can't refer, tell anybody who they are or that they're part of it or that, but they try to get other people to join them. And from the very first session that they go through uh, in their introduction, they have to denounce Jesus Christ as God. He's a nice guy, but we didn't, they denounce him as God. And they have given themselves over to a new God. There's many different gods in the Masons, but the main one is a god called Baphomet. If you see the image of Baphomet, he's got a goat's head, a human body, female breasts, male phallus, and two tattoos, one on either arm. One says salve, the other one says coagula. Salve means dissolve. So get rid of all undesirables mm -hmm. and then pull what people are left together in this organization. So coagula, like blood coagulates, so you put that together. They're behind the, res the great reset that they're talking about now. Yes. The new order that's coming in the world. Their goal is to have a new world order where there'll be one government, one economy, and one religion for all mankind under the Antichrist will be the leading that. So that's where it's heading. And it's getting there very quickly. We're going to see this happen, I'm telling you, within the next year or two. All kinds of things are going to happen. I haven't got time to go into that today. Sure. Another talk show, maybe. So they then are influential. And what originally, they had two, two things that they wanted to do. One was to destroy the monarchy and to destroy the papacy. And so when they come into the higher levels, Masonry, they have to go through a ceremony wherein they stomp on a king's crown and they stomp on the papal tiara. Mm. Destroy it. Wow. So they're very much involved in very heavy demonic stuff. Sure. Now, let um, me ask you something uh, real quick, Father. Um, you know, regarding the, 
this is like high level masonry type stuff, right? So the it's all masonry, right? And that, that's what I wanted you to kind of elaborate on because the the average guy who feels like they're just joining a men's club or so, they may they may not understand this, yeah. you, you know, and they don't even know everything that goes on on the higher levels because of the secrecy. Sure, but they get an awful lot on that first thing. They have to take oaths. No, no one's allowed to take an oath because you're asking God to witness the truth of what you're saying sure you're not allowed to do that the government can make you do that in a, and that's okay in a court of law uh the church does that when people enter and take vows and oaths and so because that's divine but anything else right. is certainly contrary to everything god teaches i know for example i i can't say they're doing it now but i know even up to a few years ago they were still doing human sacrifice on the upper levels of uh, uh with uh, killing children those pictures you used to see of babies on milk cartons, I always said, you'll never find them because they've already been sacrificed in demonic rites. And I had a lady come into my office, maybe four or five years ago now, who was not sacrificed. They kept her alive until she was of age, and they paired her off with one of the men to have babies. And she watched six of her children massacred in demonic rites. And her response to that was to become multiple personality disorder, to take on that uh, dissociative disorder. And by the time I saw her, she had been reintegrated, so I was mm-hmm. only dealing with one personality. Had I known then what I know now, I could have helped her so much more than I was able to. But this is stuff that was going on. And one of the gods that they follow is a god of prostitution. And so very often on the highest levels, there's all kinds of terribly sexual-oriented things going on. Wow. So people don't know that, and I'm sure they will deny it, but I know it for a fact that it's true. They, I wanted to say this, I'm going to say it once, and I'm going to say it very lightly, they're behind most of the crap that's going on in our culture right now, if I can use a terrible yes. word, because they're, they're pushing all of this stuff behind the scenes. And what they decided that they would do is, knowing that they would never get away in our culture with totally denouncing something and destroying it, the way they do it is to infiltrate it. Mm-hmm. And so they infiltrated the church. And, and especially in the 30s and 40s, they sent scads of gay people into the church to destroy the clergy to destroy them. They've done a very good job of that, by the way, over our culture time. So this stuff is going on, and it's very low-key. They don't know it's here, but now it's becoming even more blatant because yes. of what's going on in our culture today. You mentioned also... Uh, the yoga. Sean, and the, the yoga. Yeah. Yoga is uh, a way, it was designed as a way to honor pagan gods. And they're, uh, you know, they, people act, say it's just for exercise. No, it's really not. For example, you have something like called Kundalinga alone, uh, yoga. And they honored the god Kundalinga. So you know, mm-hmm. back, these are all Greek gods or gods coming out of other cultures, particularly, um, you know, the um, uh, Shinto, the um, Buddhist. All yes. <laughs> so all of those things are designed to honor, even the positions that you take during a yoga are designed to honor the gods. Now you may not have that in your mind right. when you're going there, but it doesn't matter. You've opened the door. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's how I've heard it be compared is like um, a, a man and a woman who are not married, they engage in, in uh, things in a uh, Sexual activity. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. They, they engage in these acts, not intending to have a child, but the very acts that mm-hmm. they commit are are um, intended for the for the, the conception of a child. Um, 
So even though it's not in your mind, but you do the action, then you have you can have that result, right? Yes. So uh, that's kind of how I equate. I've heard that from someone else. I can't remember right. who, but. But the thing with all of that is, too, the moment you engage in any kind of that activity outside of marriage, valid marriage, yes, for Catholics, that means you have to be right. a right priest, you are now attached to two demons. You have what mm-hmm. we call demonic soul ties. These are a little bit similar to the thing we were talking about before with generational curses, but these are soul ties. You're now connected to that person through soul ties, which means you have the demon of deceit and the demon of lust now mm-hmm. attached to you. Deceit because God created everything sexual to be the liturgy of the sacrament of matrimony. So husbands and wives engaging in sexual activity, all the way from money, I love you, all the way up to intercourse and afterglow, all of that radiates grace all throughout the church. Right. And and people are getting saved by that grace. So we encourage husbands and wives, you know, make love, you know, because you're helping us priests to save souls, you know. Literally, you're doing that. Outside of that context, it's a lie. Mm -hmm. Right. So now the demon of deceit comes in. And then the demon of lust. In marriage, sexual activity is the gift of yourself to your spouse in covenant. Yes. Right. You don't have a covenant if you're not married. Right. And so you're enacting a covenant when you don't have one. That's a lie. So it becomes lust. And so those two demons are now bonded to you. Those demons can come in in other ways too. For example, if you have a tattoo, you're now tattoo, you are now bound to the tattoo artist because they've, punct- they've penetrated your skin. Rock music, heavy rock mm-hmm. music, or any of that kind of stuff will also bring in uh, all those demonic spirits into you. You're connected to all of these different groups. Very quick story. I, I had a friend one time in New York who made props for Broadway plays, and I visited him one day. He said, I'm going to show you something. So he took me in the back room, and he had made a fall, a false hairpiece for the lead singer, Gene Simmons, of Kiss, which mm. means kids in Satan's service. Is what the KISS actually oh, stands for. Oh, is that what for. it means? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. So uh, he had made this false hairpiece, but in between the liner and the where he sewed the hair in, he put a just a, a cloth cross in there. I said, "There, nice going. That's really great." He said, "I made those leather boots for him too." So I said, "Oh, interesting." So I prayed over the leather boots and put holy water in them. Within a month, Kiss broke up, and they've never come back together. I'm not yeah. saying it was because of me. I'm just saying, you oh know, my goodness, we bound up the demons. And I'll do that yes. same thing. Our rectory is right almost almost next door to one of the theaters in mm-hmm. town that have these groups. Even yeah. Marilyn Manson was in some time ago, and he's as demonic as they come. And so I was binding up the spirits and sending them away from the theater. You know, I don't know how well it worked. But anyway, those are some of the things that you were yeah. mentioning. There's so much more we could talk about. But you know, uh, and that's, I was just going to, you know, say that, you know, this is kind of like opening up, you know, just, just a, touching the we surface. We haven't even scratched Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, of course, you know, we, we'd love to have Father Ed back, um, you know, to, to further yes. the conversation. I know we've got just a, a couple of minutes. And, and before, uh, you know, before, you know, we, we have to go to a close, Father, I'm kind of curious, though, um, how can we, you know, how, you know, what, what single thing can, can you look at that would help us really to go unnoticed by the demons? Uh, of course, you know, the sacraments, the Eucharist, confession. How yep. important is it for us to, to get and frequent the sacraments? Well, I often ask people, if Mary appeared to you and asked you to do her a favor, would you do it? And they all say yes. <laughs> yeah. she, she has said uh, in every one of her apparitions for the last 200 years that she wants us to go to confession once a month, at least once a month. Some of us go more often than that. And I do because I'm dealing with these things all day long. I don't want to have any, any spots on me at all, so right. I make sure everything gets cleaned out. Yes, frequent sacrament of reconciliation. 
uh, taking the Eucharist with great fervor and so on. But your greatest weapon against Satanism is the rosary. Amen. Oh, amen. And that's why I do five to six rosaries a day because I'm dealing with this stuff all day sure. long. And I uh, already got three done on the way here today. <laughs> so the bottom line is if you're using that, that rosary, that's a weapon. Mary has even said to herself, this yeah. is your weapon. So use it and say it devoutly and penetrate your mind on the, on the mysteries because Satan can't deal with that. Amen. He runs whatever she's around. I think, uh, you know, with, with that, I love how you, you say that and you talk about that because with Satan, you know, the king of lies, uh, and of course his ultimate downfall was pride. And in Mary, you have the ultimate example of humility. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Uh, and before, uh, before you go, Father, before we go, I'd, I'd like for you to uh, impart your blessing upon sure. us, if you would, please. Lord, we ask your anointing upon us today as we uh, receive this blessing to drive out any of the powers of the enemy away from us and to make us aware of the great dangers that we have in our culture that we can tell other people, especially children and grandchildren, what to stay away from. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you all and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Wow, Alex, uh, another great topic of discussion. We are going to have Father back on uh, at a later time. Hopefully, maybe next month we can continue this. Yes, that'd be wonderful. Uh, Yes, so uh, again, we hope you enjoyed the conversation. So please remember to download the In His Vineyard podcast. And until next time and throughout this week, let's all continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our hearts. In His Vineyard. God bless all of you and have a wonderful week full of blessings. I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Got caught up on that whole selfishness. The times when I was struggling were the times I needed God the most. And now that uh, I've come back and accepted God, my world has completely changed. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Hi, this is Donnie Walker with Donnie Walker Real Estate powered by Keller Williams City View. Proud supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Through the intercession of the patron saint of real estate, St. Joseph, we strive to follow his example on how we take care of our clients. For more information, please consider calling us at 210-378-0878. 210-378-0878. Thank you and God bless you. And St. Joseph, pray for us. Many Catholics are aware of the devotions to the two hearts, the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, shared by St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, asks that on each first Friday of the month, the faithful honor Christ's Sacred Heart by attending Holy Mass. The first Saturday of the month, Our Lady of Fatima asks that the faithful attend Holy Mass as well as go to confession, pray the rosary, and meditate for an additional 15 minutes on a mystery of the rosary in honor of her Immaculate Heart. But few have heard of the devotion to the most pure heart of Joseph. In March of 1958, St. Joseph Joseph appeared to Sister Mary Mildred Musel in Ohio. He asked that on the first Wednesday of each month, the faithful are invited to honor the most pure heart of Joseph by attending Holy Mass and by reciting the joyful mysteries of the Rosary in memory of his life with Jesus and Mary. Three Hearts Institute is consecrated to the three hearts. Join us in the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and the Most Pure Heart of Joseph, and be prepared for the blessings of the Holy Family. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute.
spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Thanks for listening to KJMA 89.7 Floresville, San Antonio on the Guadalupe Radio Network in South Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also streaming on grnonline.com and on your smartphone.